0: Here's
1: Stan Warren
0: Luttrell. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Finding Hope, episode number 33. And our guest is, well, it, his name is Doug, and we'll be talking him, to him about the whole business with Foundry Village and what's going on in Grant's past. And be sure to listen to our podcast on the Anchor.fm platform and wherever you find podcasts and feel free to give us a donation and now without any further ado let's get on with the program with our good friend Doug and he'll explain what is going on now here's Matt Vodostraus on with the show Welcome to Finding Hope podcast number, what is it, 33? 33. Yeah. 33. And uh, we're very honored to have Doug Walker, and he is with uh, the Foundry Village segment of uh, this sort of operation. And Matt, we'll let you start things out.
1: Yeah. Well, Doug, first, I just want to thank you for being willing to do this for us. Um, this is um, We're excited to be able to present Foundry Village to our podcast audience. And um, I'd just like to know a little bit, um, what is Foundry Village?
2: Yeah, thanks for asking me. I'm sitting here nodding my head, not sure when to chime in. Uh, so Foundry <laughs> Village is uh, a, or going to be a facility or project of 17 tiny homes, um, uh, very similar to what's, what's in Medford at Hope Village. Uh, so 17 tiny homes in uh, a community building. Um, it'll, be, uh, it'll be fenced. It'll have all the um, utilities, um, meaning shower, kitchen, uh, laundry, all of that in the community building. And the 17 tiny homes will be more like detached bedrooms.
1: Yeah, and that's an interesting term, detached bedrooms. Um, it's one that we've started using it at, um, at Hope Village, even to describe that um, as a result of what we've learned at Foundry Village from the process of going through with the city. Can you maybe explain a little bit what a detached bedroom kind of means for us?
2: Yeah, yeah, that that term has come from one of the city councilors in our discussions with them over over the course of the past year in trying to get um, trying to get the city council to allow for new code that would allow for the construction of these buildings, um, we are trying to find the best way to describe them. And one of the counselors said, you know, they really are more like a detached bedroom than a tiny home. And I said, yeah, you're right. That's, that's kind of what they are. We, we've, we were struggling to find the best way for it. So a detached bedroom is basically one room. It's got a bed in it. Uh, it's got a dresser. It's got a few other storage places for people's clothes and things. And then that's really it. It's got a door and it's got a window. It'll, mm-hmm. Ours in Grants Pass will have a heat source um, and lights, uh, and the power plug, uh, for, for phone charging and laptop or whatever else. Um, and that's basically it, um, doesn't have a kitchenette, doesn't have, uh, a closet. doesn't have a bathroom and like that. So it's really just a single bedroom. And the, the value of that, uh, single bedroom is that it sort of forces the, the person who's there to use the community room more. And that creates a, a number of different values. One, that person sort of re-socializes and is forced to socialize with the tenants, with the other people there, um, and with staff. Uh, it allows staff to keep a little closer eye on those persons. Um, and then, then staff can say, oh, there looks like there's a problem building here. Let's, let's address this problem. Or it looks like this person's struggling because I'm overhearing a conversation. Let's address that problem. Um, and it also encourages them to move on move out um, because we don't want we don't want someone just to sit there and camp out and then that's a, a natural uh, phenomenon that will happen if they get comfortable um, they have everything they need there's no reason to move on and find another place
1: yeah there's almost there's no sense of urgency to really move forward sometimes if you don't put a carrot out there and and have the process there for people to have to work towards something. Um, and I just want to say I love um, hearing the philosophy develop around Foundry Village because what we're seeing in Help Village and other villages, even in areas outside of Southern Oregon, is that that community mindset is working. It seems to be um, that the peer pressure um, of seeing your other people um, in the village doing, doing the chores, doing the work and getting involved, it kind of pulls people out of the, their shells and gets them out of that survival mode and into community and in that community-minded thinking. And um, I love the idea that Foundry Village will do that. Yeah. Um, and um, and Doug, I know that you are kind of in the original group that kind of helped bring this together. Who is the Gang of Four? Because um, I know that when people look at Foundry Village, they're going to start hearing that term a lot, and they might have an interest in knowing who in Grants Pass that really means, who, who that is.
2: Well, the, the, the very first four of us was Mike Bird. Uh, he's, a, he's a member of, of my Rotary Club. That's how I know him. He's a retired lawyer. Uh, John Jones, who's a kind of a retired real estate broker. He owns Century 21 J.C. Jones, <clears throat> and he's also in my Rotary Club. Um, and then there's myself. My name's Doug uh, Walker. I'm a sort of a retired contractor builder. Um, and then there's Dwight Frazier, who's the active builder. Um, he's doesn't happen to be in my rotary club but he he's part of he was a good friend of john jones's and and dwight i think was is the very catalyst for this whole thing and he deserves credit for saying hey let's all get together and get something done here um yeah absolutely he would he was the ball of energy in the very beginning that got us moving along fast and and actually got this ball rolling and sometimes that's the hardest part is somebody who's in the very beginning willing to just push and push and push and not let, not accept no for an answer. And, and they don't know what they're pushing for and they don't know what it's going to look like, but they're pushing. And that was yeah. Dwight. And then, and, and
1: then that is by far one of the hardest places to be sometimes. And that is definitely yeah. appreciative of him to be willing to do that.
2: Yeah. And and he deserves a lot of credit and kudos for that. Um, it really, it really is what got us going. If it hadn't been for him pushing um, and then John as well. And then Mike and I kind of, have more connections. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. I have more connections in sort of the building world um, housing and, and how this works and how that works. And, and Mike has a lot of connections. And then the, the four of us sat down and started talking and then we started inviting other people in. Um, and then it just sort of snowballed from there and it
1: caught on. Yeah. It sounds like it um, kind of started very grassroots, but it was almost like the right four people were connected together at the right time.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think it, it's, it's, it's a, with a lot of that stuff. It's, it's, I I hate to use the word organic because it's just used too often, but it kind of just happens naturally on its own. Um, And it's the right person at the right time, and it's not magic, and it really is a matter of just pushing. One person's willing to push hard, and in the very beginning, that was Dwight. And then after that, it's other people that took over, and and at times, Dwight got a little less involved, and other people stepped in and became more involved, and it just kind of fluctuates like that.
1: Absolutely. You know, and Doug, listening to you um, talk about your guys' beginning process, it kind of made me think of, um, we get a lot of questions coming from other communities that are looking at doing um, villages like this. You guys looked at this property before you purchased it and did a lot of research into it. Um, Can you maybe talk a little bit about what your group was looking for um, when you were looking for the property for Foundry Village?
2: Yeah. The first thing we were looking for is the proper zoning for in, in the city of Grants Pass, the proper zoning construction zone areas that that would allow us to build uh, temporary housing or some kind of facility for homeless people. Um, and so we looked at looked at zoning, looked at the language that the zoning used to describe what was allowed, wasn't allowed. We identified the most liberal zone that allowed for the most things as business park, um, and then there were a couple other zones that allowed for things, but they became a little more restrictive. Um, for those that don't know, some of the big issues in zoning is, okay, what kind of parking is allowed? What kind of parking is required? Um, and, and then it's like, okay, And then what's the distances that are required between properties? And all that is dictated in different zones. So we found the zone that we liked the most, which is business park. And then we looked at what properties were listed for, what properties were zoned business park. And then we happened to find one that was for sale in an area that was, um, the property was small enough for us to buy. If it was too big, we wouldn't be able to afford it. And it was close enough to facilities and sort of in the right area. Um, and then we, we looked and we found one for sale and then we found another one for sale and, and we ended up, we were able to afford it and we bought it. We all, four of us pitched in and we bought it. That's or amazing. It. Let me rephrase that. We bought both properties. We actually have two
1: properties. Yeah, and and that's amazing, and that's one of the reasons why I asked that question is because um, it's, I mean, it takes a lot of work, and you guys did an amazing piece, but there is a lot of research that went into that to make sure that the property would be usable for what your guys' vision was, and um, and it's by far probably the first time I've seen a grassroots community group um, come with a project with property and already have the zoning research in place, and so I think it's important for people to realize that um, when you're doing this, zoning is an important thing to look at. And um, and the other thing is also working with local authorities, and I know that for the past year or so, you guys have really been pushing um, for Foundry Village out there. And what has it been like working with local authorities in Grants Pass? Because this is a pretty brand new thing for the community.
2: Yeah, it's been a been a it's been a, a an interesting uh, interesting. Uh, the best way described by somebody has been dance, and I, I really I really like that. <laughs> Visual in my mind when I hear that language, because in the the beginning, I thought of it more as, as, as battle or combat, like, okay, I'm fighting with these people, trying to, trying to convince them this is the right thing to do. Um, Some, some of the city uh, counts, let me, let me start over, the city staff, when doing the research on zoning and what can be allowed, what couldn't be allowed they were very helpful and, and very, and very uh, professional. And they did their jobs. You go up to the county, you say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing. And then they say, okay, well this is what's required and let's get the book out and talk about the zoning here. And let's talk about what can be allowed, what couldn't be allowed. And so they were very professional and helpful and and did their jobs like they're supposed to. And and it was, it was great. Just being treated like a, like a normal person comes in and and gets things. Um, And then the other part of that question has to do with, Um, politics and city council. And so we in this process uh, came along in the middle of this process, the state adopted new code that allows cities to adopt new code that allows for uh, these kinds of detached bedrooms and transitional housing sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so that new code allowed us to change our plans and build them like these little detached bedrooms. Our original plan was basically an apartment building right there uh, on Foundry. That was our original plan. And then that quickly changed when we realized we could do what you're doing in Medford, um, and we could save money and have a little better system, we thought, a more transitional system versus just an apartment building, which was Mm -hmm. our first plan. Um, And so it took us a while to talk to council and to get this moved through that whole political process. And they did their due diligence, which is what they're supposed to do. Is they, they talked a lot about it and thought through it, and they modified some things and and made the code fit um, what they thought was important for Grants Pass. Um, they required fencing, and they required this, and they required that, and and certain landscapings and all that. And none of that was required in the original state code. Um, and so they did their little bit, and it, and it went back and forth, and and at one point it was going to fail and not pass, and. And uh, a lot of people stepped up, made phone calls, sent emails to counselors. We really quite a wave of, of support for Founder Village. It was really nice.
1: Yeah. I heard that uh, some of the counselors got upwards of 300 emails um, sent to them based on um, what um, the feedback was in the community about um, the f- fear of failure for that. Um, code.
2: Yeah. It, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I, I contacted about 200 people in my, my, my list of contacts on my, e- that the, sometimes I, I bemoan emails because I was like, I don't want another email, but there's an awful long list of people there that are, that I know are willing to be active and do something. And so it, it is a nice way of contacting others. I'd never be able to track, keep track of that many people in my mind. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's something.
1: phenomenal though.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. So I think, um I think that, that wave or surge of contact to the counselors helped move them in the right in the direction of passing
1: Foundry Village. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, and um, and I just want to say too, from my um, standpoint of sitting in the audience and and watching a lot of this, is um, it was an it was an interesting process to watch the city um, to wrestle with a lot of the fears that most communities are going to face when they're looking at these things. Um, But the positive experience I took from that was that City took a risk. I mean, they're still going into an unknown direction that Grands Pass has never been before. But the community is looking like it's ready for a change. And um, it's exciting to see um, Foundry Village get the reception that it has been with the City.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think the community has reached a point where it's it's realizing, okay, we're going to have to do something about it. We can't just sit back and hope this goes away. Mm -hmm. We're not that small anymore. There are communities, I think, that are small enough that can sort of technically ignore this, not technically, but can choose to ignore this homelessness or, or people that are really struggling. And that kind of goes away. They kind of filter away or or they just get, get stuck in somebody's garage. And grants pass is not that small anymore. It hasn't been that small in a long time. Were Um, you
0: surprised about how things have gone?
2: Um, uh, you know, yes and no. I, I, I'm always surprised. Um, and I shouldn't be, I'm always surprised by why doesn't somebody see the logic in this that I see the logic in it? And, and that's, you know, me thinking everybody should think the same way I do. And, and, you know, that's a, that's a false way of, of thinking about the world and thinking about others. What you mean? Um, I can't
1: assume that everybody will do that for me. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, like
2: not everyone thinks and has this exact same experiences as me. People are different. What the heck yeah. is this? Um, and so that, even though I'm 53 years old and I've experienced this many times, it still is like, huh, why don't you see this? I see this same yeah. um, to that always seems to get me. And then, and then when I sit back and reflect on it, I was like, why am I surprised by this? You know, I'm surprised that I'm still surprised. Um, <laughs> and then the other surprise was just how lovely and gracious people are when you ask them and talk to them and, and get in front of them and how willing they are to be helpful. Mm-hmm. They may not want to help, in the way you want them to help, but they want to help, and they're probably all out helping the community in some way or another. It may be they're helping their own grandmother all the time, or they may be helping at the at their companies, whatever they do at their company, and 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 helping the people in their company. But they're almost all, almost everyone I've come across in my life, and now that I think about it, I get older, is off doing good things for people in some way or another. Mm-hmm. And that's a, and that's a, another surprise or, or a reinforcement. Something I think I've always known, but didn't, wasn't able to really articulate, put my finger on, but this, this last couple of years has really pointed that out to me.
1: Yeah. It does feel like as a community um, society wise, we are beginning to seem to m- be moving back to be more community, community centered, which is, I think, um, how projects like this can really kind of um, get the, get a foundation under them in many ways by us thinking about community first.
2: Yeah, I think so. And, 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 Part of th- that struggle, I, I think, is that we don't ask each other and we don't offer each other the chance to help. Um, we, oh, I'm going to do this on my own. I don't need help. It's like, well, then go ask your neighbor for help. You know, it's okay. You don't have to lift that big, heavy thing on your own. Just, just holler at somebody. Or, yeah. or oh, you're struggling with this idea. Call three different people and somebody's going to have a way uh, to modify how you're doing something that Absolutely. makes it people- work. You know, and, and it's and it's been this this um, I think it's been this um, media thing that Americans are this self fulfilled uh, um, person who does everything on their own. And it's like, well, no, we actually we live and we don't live in a vacuum. We live in a group of people and, and we should uh, rely on others and let people rely on us. And it really is a it really is better society when we do.
1: Absolutely. You know, none of us are an island and we all need to be connected some, in some way to other people. And, um, yeah. and I think that um, what we're seeing with the Foundry Village reception with the community and Grants Pass as well as what we will see once the village is in place is um, a program that creates that sense of community.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. And all a person has to do is, is go and allow themselves to be involved and allow themselves to be to be part of that and then we're like, oh, this really works, this works well. I mean, you don't have to go and volunteer, but they can just go out there and see, what it's, see what's going on and say, okay, I see, I see the logic in this and I see how it works and it does work well.
0: Absolutely. The people that don't know, because I think a lot of people don't, when do you expect it to be in place? When do I expect the building to be, the construction to be done? Is that what you're Everything. Asking? I mean, the Everything. construction to move in.
2: Yeah. You know, it, that's a tough one with the COVID-19 going on right now it feels like we're getting delayed. Um, and so I would say probably it's going to be first of the year when, when everything is done. Um, okay. when, when, when the majority of those housing units are done, I would suspect that the community building would be done about three months <laughs> into the project. Um, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, then
0: we I mean, start, and then we I'm start to see what's going to happen because I'm interested in following this and, uh, It it will be wonderful to see how this pans out. And I'm optimistic. I'm very happy for you (laughs) folks.
2: Yeah, I I am too. I'm very optimistic about it all. Um, I I I suspect the community community building will be done in three months, and then we'll start working on the small houses. And as and as we have funds, we'll get them built. Um, And that may drag on for a while. The weather may slow us down. The availability of volunteers, the availability of funds. So it's, it's very,
1: it's going to be a big fluctuation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and Stan, you brought up an interesting point that I wanted to bridge over to real quick. Um, and, um, I know that in, in Medford we're dealing with the impacts of COVID-19 and you're also dealing with that in the community up in Grants Pass, um, that has impacted, um, Foundry Village Steering Committee's ability to fundraise. Um, because I know that, um, like Bethany Presbyterian Church done an amazing, um, a concert benefit for Foundry Village. Um, the Barnstormer's former Theater had done a um, had done a production that benefited Foundry Village, and those kind of things halted when um, COVID nineteen hit. And so, um, can you talk a little bit about where we're at with fundraising and what the community could do to help?
2: Yeah, yeah, it really has um, uh, thrown a thrown a, a glob of mud on us, slowed us down. I'm not sure the best way to say it. Um, <laughs> best analogy, I think somebody dumped a bucket of Jello over our heads and slowed us down. We're trying to survive yeah. with Jello. Um, so we, we, we had, uh, um, another church, St. Anne's that reached out to us that wanted to do something for us. And that's on hold as they're dealing with the COVID-19 and, and trying to, the churches are, are really doing a lot of work for their parishioners and people that go to their church and trying to help them, especially the senior citizens. So they've really slowed down. Um, we do have, we're, we're, we're starting to develop a, f- a fundraising event for late September um it's going to be an auction of yard art um got a few artists that that reached out to me because i make the art art as a hobby and and they want to gather up a bunch of artists and get stuff made and then sell it all uh, auction it all off so that looks like that's starting to uh catch on and it's going to move forward um but our fundraising has really really struggled we had planned to start um Uh, what was it Uh, we were going to be at the growers market and just start asking for donations of 50 bucks or hundred bucks. People walk by and talk about what we were doing and, and sell uh, bricks with names on them to be pavers in front of the building and whatnot. And, and that was going to be our next phase of fundraising. And that's hasn't happened at all. Um, And then we were also going to start to reach out to those people that had, that had um, made pledges to help us. And, and so we'll probably start doing that again, but it's, it's, I prefer to reach out to the, the two people that, that pledged to support uh, of my friends, I'd like to meet them for coffee and talk to them, you know, see how they're doing yeah. and everything and in a variety of ways, but I can't. So I'm sort of been putting off the reaching out to them to to ask them to fulfill their pledge. Um, I know kind of Harvard. It's kind of hard
0: to it's kind of hard to have coffee with the mask on, though. I, I yes,
1: yeah, I can't yeah. get a drink of that coffee with that mask on right now. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: yeah, you one one of them straws. Um,
2: I think but, we're all
1: missing uh, seeing each other.
2: <laughs> yeah. We, we have been, it's kind of funny, there's been a couple of times where I've had meetings and we've gone to the local coffee shop, stood in line in the drive-thru, got our coffees and then went out to the parking lots and sat in lawn chairs, uh, you know, about 10 feet away from each other and sort of had our meetings. Just oh, that's so
0: awesome.
2: Reason. Yeah. yeah. You know, nobody wants to go to anybody else's house, but we need to meet in person and talk about a bunch of things. Um, so we
1: they
2: <laughs> Yeah. And it's, it's because the weather has been nice. It's worked out fine for us. And, you know, we sit in the shade and get far enough apart from each other and, and have our meeting. Um, so that's kind of working out. Um, so fundraising has been slow and we do need, uh, we need to pick it up and start getting, uh, getting more money brought in so we can start moving forward. We have a, we've gotten a pretty good size, um, a fair sum, lump, lump sum of money we've, we've gotten donated so far. We're at about $160,000 in cash. We have another hundred. I'm not sure what it is. 150. I'm not, I'm not the one tracking that. Uh, about 150 thousand in pledges. Um, if if most of those come through, and then we start raising some more money, we'll we'll probably have enough to get this project through uh, completed, um, as long as we have enough volunteers.
1: Yeah, and 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 where um where, where can people look to find out ways to get involved?
2: Well, it would be let's see, I might misspeak here, but uh, FoundryVillageGrantsPass dot com. I think is one of them. That's our website. Um, or Foundry Village, uh, Grants Pass Facebook. Uh, that would be the other one. The the Facebook one I think is is maybe the easiest to go to and, and find the do- how to donate button or how to help button.
1: Yeah, it's, um, prob- it's probably the most active page too for the, um, people to look into.
2: Yeah, exactly. It might have the best way of describing things, um, and and that would be the best way to do it. And if also if a person is interested in volunteering in some way, they're more than more than welcome to um, go to the Facebook page and. I believe it's send a message is what you do or message me or something, something along those lines.
1: Absolutely. And one of us will get it and distribute it to um, the appropriate person to answer that question for sure within our steering committee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and Doug, um, a lot of people um, that listen to this might be a little bit confused about the relationship of road retreats. And so when we're talking about donations, we're really trying to migrate or push everybody um, for Foundry Village out towards Grants Pass because it's all community foundation that is holding the, um, the capital portion of the Foundry Village project and will own the village. Um, can you maybe explain just briefly about what the relationship between Rogue Retreat and Foundry Village will kind of look like?
2: Yeah, so, so this is sort of how ownership goes and how this uh, flow chart or responsibility of money, money goes. So when the Gang of Four started this whole thing, we all looked at each other and said, none of us want to own this, this project into the future. Um, we all are sort of builders and not all of us, but we, we sort of said, let's let's figure out how to get this thing built and give it to somebody else to own and run. And so All Care Community Foundation was willing to be our fiscal sponsor, which means that we used them as a nonprofit number so that people can get a tax deduction. And then they're going to own the facility. They already own the properties. We, the, Those of us that bought the property then donated it to them. So All Care Community Prop all care community foundation owns the properties they will own everything when it's when the construction is done and then they will lease it out to rogue retreat to operate it yeah. um, so rogue retreat will be the operational uh, organization the owner of the property will be all care community foundation here in grants pass um and the beauty of this is is rogue retreat is already operating a, a very similar facility in medford um, they already have the uh, contracts with uh, the CCO, the critical or coordinated care organization in town, that um, will pay, I believe it's about 90% of their fun, operational funding will come from the care, the, the medical care that's given to the clients, uh, and then 10% or so, or the rest of it gets, gets raised from donations and fees to the participants. Um, so that's the other really nice part about this whole thing is, is that the operational expense expenses are sort of already covered and figured into this whole thing.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, um, and one of the things that I also love seeing about the project is kind of what we were talking about earlier with community that none of us are an island. And, um, if you look at how um, Foundry Village is being built and how it's going to be operated, it's kind of the idea of what community, a community partnership or collaboration looks like. And so it's, uh, it's a, a great um, project for the Grants Pass community and also a good way for um, Rogue Retreat to begin moving over to Josephine County to help provide services.
0: And, and so I, um, Can I, because I want to jump in because I think yeah, people need to be aware of this. How did Foundry Village and Rogue Retreat come to have this, so, know, for lack of a better word, symbiotic relationship where you two began working together? I think we're kind
1: of just describing that one, but um both, most definitely I think it was kind of the organic piece of um the experience with Hope Village and the work okay. of the Gang of Four, and we just kind of evolved in conversation. Yeah, Doug, uh, you were kind of talking a little bit about how that evolved a little bit and how you guys came to us. Um I think it was um the experience with Hope Village.
2: Yeah, it definitely was. And 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 the the, the person in particular that did that um was Sam Engel. He came okay. into the group of he came into the group of about six at the time he joined us um maybe it was six uh and he said well i i know sam Engel happens to work for the um coordinated care organization in town um and he said well i happen to know that we're we are right now working with this group in Medford called Hope Village and they do this this and this we might consider looking at them and seeing what they do and so sam brought i think matt to a couple of the meetings early on and and matt you described what you did and how it worked and and the light bulbs went off in all our heads and said, okay, here we go. This is, this is how it'll work for us.
0: Um, uh, that's why I wanted you. to weave that together because sort yeah. of to make a tapestry of how right. this thing evolved. I mean, we talked about certain things earlier, but I think it was a needed thing where we need to kind of, you know, like oh, the little mask that we all wear, we need to tie it all together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, it is. Um, I think it also kind of, um, just kind of shows why um, it's been getting the attraction that it has. It's kind of amazing. Those initial meetings that Sam helped pull together with the gang of four and us, um, it was over a year ago, I think in February. And it's um, the amount of progress that's been made in just over a year is phenomenal. And it's really the community work that's been put together.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And for those that might be saying, you know, we can do this in our community too. It's, it's that connectedness that, that, Oh, I know somebody who knows somebody. Mm And then, reaching out to that first somebody and saying, "Hey, can you help us with this kind of thing? Do you know anybody that knows somebody and and that that we don't we're not on an island, we don't live in a vacuum and, and when you do reach out to people, then suddenly it's like, "Oh yeah, I know somebody who's doing something and
0: and, it a, should lot be, should may, and a lot <laughs> of times there may be missed i'm sorry about that sometimes there may be missteps, but if you try again, well, it doesn't work out at first may you know, gain traction, and it does work out. I've been involved in situations where things didn't work out the first time, but we persevered, and things worked out the second time. We'll talk about that more next week on our next uh, podcast, which Matt already knows about. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Stan. And, and
1: Doug, um, I know that we had mentioned that there is a com website that people can donate to. If they find us on Facebook, there's oftentimes links there that people can donate to. Um, Is there an address that people can send checks to?
2: Oh, there is, yes. And that would be um, Foundry Village, uh, P.O. Box 1972, P.O. Box 1972 at Grants Pass, Oregon. And the zip code there is 97528, 97528.
1: Thank you, Doug. And um, and normally we try to keep these to about a half hour because we want to be respectful of your time. And thank you again for doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the kind of the core idea behind Finding Hope um, is to tie it back into the mission of what Rogue Retreat is, which is to provide opportunities for people to have hope. And for a lot of the folks that Foundry Village will serve, those are individuals that in many cases might be experiencing a loss of hope is there any particular message that you personally have now from the work experience that you have in doing this work in the community that you would give to somebody that might be hopeless at that moment?
2: Well, that's, that's a,
1: that uh, feels uh, like a heavy burden to try to find something in a, you know, in a, it's a deep, or two. But, it's a deep question, but, um, I, but I'm sorry. <laughs> it is. Yeah.
2: Um, But I, I would say that, you know, there is always hope as long as you can get up the next day and, and move, you know, get up and and do something to to make your life a little bit better, um, there's hope. And I think that that is something we all share as human beings um, is that we all look into the future and say, I'm going to make today a little bit better than yesterday. And as long as we do that, and I think most everybody does that, life gets better. Um, Whether it's, it may not be making our own lives better, but maybe we're making somebody else's life better. Um, but that, that to me is hope. And, and I think everybody does that. Everybody gets up with the intent of making the day better than yesterday or, or just making the day good. Um, because sometimes you have a really good day and the next day is not necessarily that good. Um,
0: <laughs> it so, happens, <laughs> it does
2: happen. you know, sometimes you have a really great day and there's like, wow, tomorrow's not going to be able to compete with today, but you know, trying to try not to judge one against the other so much, but, um, an
1: inevitable letdown.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes, yeah. Uh, but I think, That is what hope is. And I think, um, we all should have that. And then we should also just get up and say, I'm going to make today a little bit better. I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to make today better. And, and things over time, then things get, get life becomes functioning and better, uh, especially for those that are, are homeless.
0: Well, I applaud you for what you're doing for the folks at, at grants pass and you guys are all working together as a team along with, um, all oh, of the people of Rogue Retreat, and uh, it's a pleasure to to be able to visit with you, and uh, for me to meet you virtually. And it's been a wonderful time today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Doug.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for asking me. Oh, um, sure. All yeah. right, Stan. I'll let you
1: take us away. And, um, would, and Doug, again, thank you for doing what this. What is this like meeting to about,
0: Doug? <laughs> Why is this yeah. well, cow gone? Take me away, things, But <laughs> <laughs> people who go back long enough will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. uh, with this, well, uh, thank you for being a part of podcast, Finding Hope, podcast number 33. And I also want to take this opportunity to also thank uh, one of our donors, Chuck Eccleston, and another person by the name of Rick. Uh, Black, and they are with the Rogue Valley, the Jackson County Genealogy Library, and they made a donation, and uh, And if people want to donate, they can go to the Finding Hope podcast page, or you can donate through Anchor, and if you want to listen to this podcast, you can go to anchor.fm. Or places like Apple Podcasts or Google, anywhere yeah. where you get podcasts, and you can uh, go subscribe and give us some iTunes love and mm-hmm. tell us what you like and if there are things you don't like. Give us some feedback on iTunes as long as you don't say you don't like one of the hosts. But that's. <laughs> as
1: long as as long as the host that you don't like is not matt that's fine
0: (laughs) well no 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 as long as it's not stan anyway okay we have to have a little levity to take things home so anyway take care everybody and and our next guest who i'm very happy about is we know that our next guest will be julie brown of The Rogue Valley Transportation District, and we'll be recording that next week via Zoom. With that in mind, thank you, everybody, and talk to you soon.